are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. A lot of stuff to get to. A lot. Not a ton in Bachelor Nation, but some other stuff, especially coming off the heels of the ending of yesterday's podcast. And we'll get to that momentarily. Now, first up, I want to tell you that in about an hour from now, my Thursday weekly podcast is going to be up on the Reality Steve podcast, so it'll be in your feed. It is with Chris Conran from Claire's Season of The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise 7 last summer. You remember the whole Chris, Jasenia, Alana stuff. Chris basically got bullied off the beach by some of the bigger names in the franchise. There's so much more to this story that I didn't even know about until recently, and that's why I wanted to have him on. And he hasn't talked about this much. And obviously, with Nick in the news recently and somebody asking Chris's girlfriend, Elena, sorry, <laughs> Alana, I, trust me, it's it's a whole thing in the podcast uh, you'll hear in about an hour. His girlfriend that he's been with for a year, she did an Instagram story the other night. They asked her if she was Team Katie or Team Nick. She's clearly Team Katie. But she mentioned something about an unsettling phone call she had to listen to about a year ago. And we go over that. First, we ever heard of it. I asked Chris about it, and he answers it honestly. There's a lot of stuff that you don't know about. There's mighty many stuff that you didn't even know happened, especially in regards to Nick and the things that he said about Chris that he's never been called out for, publicly at least. It's just embarrassing, but but we go over it. So check that out in about an hour. As far as The Bachelorette is concerned, they are getting destroyed on social media when it comes to this season and how it's been handled. I think that's going to settle down. I'm pretty sure it is in the next three episodes when they take the cruise to Paris and Belgium and Amsterdam because now each woman has their own journey. They've each got nine guys left. We know that Logan switches over, and but it's not like maliciously. He goes to Rachel and tells her that he has feelings for Gabby, and Gabby accepts him. It's not like she says, oh, you're dumping Rachel? Well, I don't want you either. Goodbye. It's nothing like that. She actually accepts him, and obviously he gets eliminated at some point, but it's not anything to where Gabby's like standing alongside Rachel like well if you're going to switch over I don't want you something like that it's it's it goes I guess swimmingly but I just think that because the first three episodes have focused so much on the guys having control and the guys doing this and being able to date both women and whatever and then just putting their foot down last rose ceremony like nope not happening anymore sorry we're doing this. We're doing it this way. Each woman's getting their own journey. Then I think from here on out, not that it's going to be smooth sailing. There's always going to be drama. We know that James tells Rachel next week the things that Hayden said behind her back, and that's going to get Hayden booted off the show. But, you know, I'm talking about in terms of who's dating who and who's rejecting who. No, now it's just women giving out roses to the guys they want to stay. But... Not a whole hell of a lot new in the uh, in the spoiler world since yesterday. So, um, yeah. So there's not a ton going on in, in Bachelorette world. But I do want to say this. 
and I, I want to move on to, to yesterday's podcast. I'm just, I've been doing this two and a half weeks. Tomorrow will be three weeks, so a little over two and a half weeks. Tomorrow will be uh, three weeks. Monday through Friday I've done it. I started Monday the 11th. So tomorrow will be three weeks, Monday through Friday, that I've done the podcast. I think one time when I asked a question that I needed help on, that was the whole how does the real-time aspect of Big Brother vary from the what we're seeing on television. And about four or five emails I got on that of people telling me, hey, this is when, and we know the live eviction is Thursday night, and then this is when they do head of household, this is when they do nominations, this is when they do power veto, and this is when they do power veto nominations in real time versus when it airs on Sunday. I got about four or five emails on that. Yesterday, by far, the biggest thing ever in, in terms of response that I got was when I told the story about the identical twins having the same DNA. And what really makes me happy is that was in the last two minutes of the podcast. Like, I put out the podcast every day. I'm well aware it's do it's doing well. I see the numbers, you guys. I'm glad you guys enjoy it. But when yesterday's story ended, literally the last two minutes of the podcast was that identical twin story, the identical twins that married identical twins that each had a son, and I knew that made them cousins, but I didn't know how they were genetically siblings. I must have gotten 50 to 75 emails on it yesterday for people that are like, hey, you probably heard this, but... Here, here's the answer that you were looking for. But just the fact that so many people emailed me on a story I did in the last two minutes, you know, like I said, I put out a podcast every day. I know people are downloading, but I just figure even if it's 20 minutes, people are skipping, they're doing other stuff, they're not really paying attention. So I'm really, I'm honored that you guys listened to the very end and heard that story. Anyway, for those that, there were a couple of people that emailed me and said, Steve, I'm with you. I don't understand it. And like I said, I didn't understand it. But basically what it comes down to is this. Identical twins have the same exact DNA. Genetically, they're basically the same person. One egg splits into, that splits into two. Fraternal twins is two sperms and two eggs. So now in this case, you have a set of identical twin brothers marrying a set of identical twin sisters. They each have a child, and now those children are coming from two sets of the same DNA. So yes, while being cousins on the family tree, they are genetic siblings. They have the same exact DNA, which then brought me down this rabbit hole of, so if the two kids have the same DNA, and this could happen for the brothers and the, and the identical, anytime it's identical twins or something like that, the same DNA. So let's just say once they're older, they, one of them commits a crime and police are looking for a DNA sample if they get that DNA sample from something left at the crime, both of them, of the, of the sons, will be contacted, right? Because they have the same DNA. It's going to show up in the database. So that's fascinating to me. And then, of course, I had to Google how many identical twin marriages are there in the world. I Googled that yesterday. I knew it was probably pretty rare, 330 million people in the U.S. alone, but I was just like, is it less than 10 people have done this? Is it 1,000? Which is still such a small, small percentage. Well, according to Google, when I put that in, how many identical twin marriages are there in the world? Google said there's only 300 known quaternary marriages known in the history of the world. That's Q-U-A-T-E-R-N-A-R-Y. Quaternary. So in addition to learning 
about identical twin DNA yesterday, I learned a new phrase, quaternary marriage. That's when identical twins marry identical twins. I tell you, yesterday was a huge day for me. Got my big boy pants on, did some learning. Quaternary marriage. There's been, according to Google, there's 300 of those in the history of the world. So does that mean now? Uh, history of the world means forever. But who knows how accurate that is? I mean, I don't know. But I did find, the whole story was fascinating, and I was just blown away by how many of you explained it to me. And even someone explained it doing a pizza reference, and they said, look, if you order a pizza... And what is it? If you order a pizza and I want I want to get this right because I've already forgotten. Uh, I already forgot what it was. Oh, if we go if you go out with somebody and you both order a pizza, those pizzas would be fraternal twins. If you ordered one pizza and you cut it down the middle, those would be identical twins. That's the way to that's the way to look at this. but I I guess I I guess I just didn't know that identical twins have the same exact DNA. I guess I didn't know that. I just never thought about it. it. Makes sense when you think about it on the surface. I sound like I'm like all smart about this now. Literally, I knew none of this until yesterday when all of you filled me in. So thank you very much. Moving on to Big Brother. Holy crap! What the hell is going on on this show now? First off, I want to start off with, with Jasmine. Did you notice last night, Jasmine, when Nicole came into the room and asked everyone to leave so she could you know, have a good cry, we immediately got a diary room of Jasmine talking and because she's thinking it has something to do with Nicole's mom. So she was a little more somber. She's not yelling. Her accent nearly is not as thick. So yeah, she basically proved my point last night. When... Jasmine is in the diary room and not talking about something that's of a serious nature. She's overperforming. She's yelling and she's just making everything a metaphor for something in the South. And it's incredibly annoying. Anyway, let's move on to the serious aspect of last night. Nicole and Daniel versus Taylor. This Taylor stuff is starting to get embarrassing. Like that was a joke. The way Daniel spoke to her. I felt awful for Taylor. How could you not? And look, it's one thing if she just doesn't get along with women and says things that she doesn't realize may come off in a certain way. But she's not flat out shit talking people. She's not calling people names and being a bitch to them. For Daniel to be that big of an asshole to her and tell her don't speak to him until finale night. I mean, get a grip, Daniel. Number one, speaking to Taylor like that was repulsive. And number two, he's now going to have a huge target on his back going forward. He has no chance to win the way he spoke to her in front of the whole house. Nobody respects him after that. And if you do, you've got issues too. And I also think Nicole completely overreacted too to what Taylor said in the room about quitting. That wasn't the way I took it at all. Maybe there was more to the conversation. Maybe bits and pieces were cut in and out. I didn't look at it as passive-aggressive. I didn't see it as some malicious attack on Nicole's character about quitting. Anything like that. I'm stunned Nicole went off on her like that. I just... Something's wrong here. And look, I'll be the first to admit, I have not watched the live feeds. So tell me, am I totally missing something here? 
is Taylor just being the biggest bitch in the world behind the scenes and I'm not seeing it because I'm not watching the live feeds? Because this newfound Leftovers Alliance doesn't seem to have a problem with her. Which shows me that Taylor maybe has had issues getting along with women. Something she's readily admitted to. She's not easy to read. She doesn't open up very easily. But if that's what the other women's issues are with her, I mean, come on. The way they're acting towards her is if she is absolutely just F-bombing all of them and calling them names. If she's just kind of a recluse in the house and kind of hangs with the guys, that's not a reason for them to be giving some of the sentences they're giving about her and some of the things that they're saying about her in the diary room and hell to her face. Like something is off here. Cause that was, that was terrible behavior last night by the house. I couldn't believe that what Daniel did. And then what Nicole did. I, I, and like I said, the Paloma interview, and then she took to Instagram and doubled down on it, basically saying, the live feeds are only showing you a narrative of what they want to show. No, 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 no. Like, look, I'm, I'm going to sit here and say I saw what Paloma said, but I read the recap of what she said after she was eliminated. And I'm like, what is she talking about? I, that, that, I hope this gets cleared up because I saw a couple TikToks last night that were like, see, all these people saying that Taylor's the instigator and in all this. Now, did you see? Now they're finally showing us the way these people treat Taylor on the show. Like, we, they didn't think it was going to air, and it finally did. So, I felt awful for her. Like, that was sad. She literally thought Daniel was joking. He was so mad at her and so mean to her. And then to see her just, like, with, with the blank look on her face, she was almost basically shaking. I, that sucked to watch. People need to lighten up. I mean, Daniel and Nicole took it way too far last night. The challenge was another good one. Anytime they do trivia or spelling, it's just the funniest thing in the world. And it's funny because TJ laughing after he pressed the button and sent the couples through the shoot was hilarious. The best part of last night's episode. Like, how could you not laugh at TJ laughing at the people that he just sent through a shoot? He thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. And then I'm watching him laugh, and I'm like, yeah, that was pretty damn funny. Um, Kylan is becoming a player. Not a player in the sense of dating or anything like that, hooking up. A player in this game. He finished last in that first challenge, I believe, with Aza. But then they had to go to the arena, and they won. And then hasn't he won the last two challenges? Kylan's strong player. Looks like he's going to stick around for a while because nobody's going to want to go after him. They've seen him compete in the arena and in the challenges. He's killing it, to steal a phrase from TJ. Xavier's strategy, you could say, oh, they lost 50 seconds and they would have had an extra 50 seconds. No, because by the time, once he, they got to their puzzle, the 50-second clock started winding down. The other team, I'm already forgetting who it was. Uh, I'm already forgetting his name. I'm already forgetting the other team. But anyway, they hadn't even started their puzzle yet. So I think when they started their puzzle, they had a 10-second penalty. And then... It ended up being, I believe when I was doing the math, it was about 28 seconds they had a head start. Now, I guess 
if everything was shown the way it was, maybe if Xavier and Shan had 30 extra seconds or 28 extra seconds, they would have gotten it. I don't know. Oh, David. David won and um, with his partner, and I already forgot who his partner was. But I'm shocked. I mean, I'm shocked Xavier and Shan are out of this game. I mean, you would have told me walking into that arena that they were going to be the ones to lose. Whew. I would have been like, no way. So I guess we can sit here and debate. One, was it a good, smart move by Kylan and Alyssa to put them in? The fact that it worked made it a good move. If it didn't work, it would have been a horrible move. (laughs) And is it revenge from Big Brother? Of course it is. Probably not the smartest, but hey, it worked. So you can't fault them for it. I I, I just never thought they'd lose. I thought Xavier and Shan were a much, much stronger team. And finally, we're going to end it with this. F-Boy Island, episodes 7 and 8 are out now on HBO Max. Check it out. The final two episodes are coming next Thursday, August 4th. However, your boy, Reality Steve here, HBO Max sent me the last four episodes. I'm going to watch them all today. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything online because next week's Thursday podcast is going to have all three leads. Mia, Tamaris, and Louise are going to be on the podcast next week, all on one call. I've never done one with three. I've done definitely a few with two people on the call. Probably going to be a little bit difficult, but we are going to do a three-person interview next week, and that's going to be your Thursday interview, assuming everything goes well. We're set to record on Tuesday. But I'm going to have Mia, Tamaris, and Louise on the podcast next week because, and what I'm going to do is postpone Thursday's podcast a day. I'm going to give people 24 hours to watch the finale because if I would have put it out Thursday morning, you would have had to watch the final two episodes sometime between midnight and 8 a.m. next Thursday. So I'm going to give people 24 hours. I told HBO Max, can we record Tuesday? I won't release it till Friday to give people 24 hours to watch the episode. And then they can listen to Mia and Tamaris and Louise and what they thought of how everything played out. Like I said, I've got the final four episodes, but I haven't watched them yet. I will watch them today. If I only, if I only watch two today, I'll watch two tomorrow. But I'm, I'm going to finish the F-Boy Island by this weekend. And just I just want to see how it plays out. Obviously, I need to see how it plays out before I interview them. But... It's going to be uh, – I'm, I'm looking forward to it because the fact that Mia's only got F-boys left and she's going to have to convince one of them to be with her so she can split $100,000 with him, that's going to be a tough task. Uh, Louise, I'm assuming it's going to come down to Benedict and Mercedes. And then for Tamaris, I'm forgetting who her guys are. Oh, Casey and – the cowboy dude or did she dump him no he's still there i think mia one of mia's is uh obviously peter and we're gonna find out you might even already know you're listening to this right now you might have already watched episode seven you already know if peter's an f-boy or a nice guy we shall see but um yeah, I'm already forgetting. I just know Louise's are Benedict and Mercedes just based off of that's who she spent the most time with. I guess it's possible those aren't going to end up being her final two guys. But we know that Mercedes is an F-boy, and we know that Benedict is a nice guy. 
So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Check it out. Episodes seven and eight today being released on HBO Max for F-Boy Island. And then August 4th, next Thursday, will be the final two episodes, episodes nine and ten. And then Friday the 5th, you will have my podcast being pushed back a day so you can hear an interview with Mia, Tamaris, and Louise. So thank you all for tuning in to this episode. Again, thank you so much to all the people who reached out and explained to me identical twin DNA. (laughs) I feel like such a smarter person now because of it. Thank you all for tuning in. Go check out my interview with Chris Conran on the Reality Steve podcast up in about an hour. It'll be in your Reality Steve podcast feed wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. And we will be back. Talk to you tomorrow. See you.